0: THE TIMING OF GOD'S ANSWERS MUST BE LEFT IN THE HANDS OF A SOVEREIGN GOD WHO DOES ALL THINGS RIGHT. WELCOME TO THE ONE CRY PODCAST, ACCELERATING THE MOVEMENT OF GOD THROUGH SHARING REVIVAL TRUTH, STORIES, AND REPORTS. AND NOW, YOUR HOSTS, BILL Elif AND KYLE RENO.
1: Welcome to the One Cry podcast. I'm Kyle Reno. This is Bill Eliff. We get the privilege of being co-host on this podcast and our heart, honestly, in this is just to be reminded personally of what's in God's heart around revival and spiritual awakening and and any truths we're seeing in the scripture to help maybe you see those as well and move in your relationship to God to new places. Now, last week, Bill started us in a two-part looking at hindrances hindrances to your prayer life and man just listening last week sitting here with you and thinking about simply praying how to pray simply uh, honestly just just help me remember that this is about him Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not trying to impress the Lord. There's no moment that God's going to go, wow, bro, you just you killed that prayer time.
0: (laughs) I don't think that's going (laughs) to happen.
1: That's never happened in human history. But God's after the heart. He wants to meet with his sons and daughters. And if we will engage him that way, we'll actually pray. And so this week, man, unpack those next truths or those next
0: hindrances to help us not do them. So we talked about six hindrances uh, last week to prayer. uh, And we put these in question so you can evaluate your own life. Are you simply praying? Sometimes you don't have because you don't ask. Are you praying simply? Are you entering in to the presence of God? Are you praying spirit initiated prayers that can hinder prayer? Are you aligning your motives with God? Jesus said, I'm not going to hear your prayers when it's all about you, your, your motives and your kingdom and your will. Uh, we want God's kingdom to come, his will to be done. And then are you praying to be seen by men? That's a big one with With Jesus. He talked about it a lot in the Sermon on the Mount. But I want you to notice uh, today six more things that can hinder uh, hinder our prayer life. And nobody wants to to uh, really seek to grow in prayer and then one day wake up and realize those prayers were ineffective. So here's the seventh hindrance to prayer, and that's this. Are you harboring known sin? Now Isaiah speaks to this, or Psalm speaks to this, Psalm 66. He says, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And that's a pretty strong statement. So he's not saying you have to be perfect to pray. He, he's not saying uh, you can't even approach God until you're uh, perfectly clean in every way. But, but I think what what the psalmist is saying is this. If, if I have sin in my heart and I'm not willing to let go of it or be uh, deal with God about that, he's spoken to me about it, and why, why would God... Listen to you when you won't listen to him. Why would he regard our prayers when, when he said, "Look, son, you know, last time we talked, uh, I told you something uh, about this issue," and I think sometimes God just withholds the awareness of His presence. Now, those are those moments when you feel like you're just kind of shouting into the wind in prayer to get our attention. He's done that with me many, many times, and. And, and I, I, I tell you, the quickest way the Lord can get my attention is when I feel like I'm not breaking through in prayer. I get desperate, and I say, Lord, what is it? And he says, Bill, you know, I talked to you about this. Are you going to keep ignoring me? And, and by the way, I'm doing that, Bill, for your good. You know that. My will is good and acceptable and perfect. So harboring known sin, being unwilling to deal, being unrepentant about sin can literally hinder your prayers. Here's an eighth thing. Are you right with those around you? Now, this is so important. Jesus addressed it on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 23. He said, if you're presenting your offering, you're coming to pray, you're coming to give, and at the altar, and and there you remember that your brother has something against you. There's something between you and somebody else. Here's how serious I am about this, Jesus said. Leave your offering before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. It's fascinating in Scripture to see how how deeply interested God is in us being right with each other. Work diligently, Paul says, to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The father is aggressively concerned about the unity of his children. And his, when his children are not right with each other, he takes any and every means to bring us back into a right relationship, even uh, even not answering our prayers. Years ago, uh, in the town that I was born in, uh, one of my friends was pastor there, and he asked my mom and dad, uh, who Who used to pastor in that town uh and and my three myself and my two brothers to come back and do a ten day revival in that town it was a it was an incredible uh, a movement really of God in that in that little city about halfway through the meeting, a very prominent woman came to my mother, and her face was drawn and grieved. And uh, she said to my my sweet mom, she said, I just can't pray. It seems like when I pray, it just is going nowhere. And my mom, so wisely, just began to ask some questions. And she discovered that when this woman's father had died, a very wealthy man in the town, that she and her sister uh, got at odds about the inheritance. And she admitted to my mother, uh, she said, my sister and I have lived in this same small town of about 5,000 people, and we haven't spoken to each other in 20 years. <laughs> My mom just said, well, there's the problem. That's the problem. And, and you know what you have to do. And she said, well, yes, I do. And so that afternoon, uh, she went to her sister. And she opened the when they she opened her sister, opened the door. They fell into each other's arms and they apologized and they sought forgiveness for what had happened. That woman came to church that night. Her face was radiant. I mean, literally, you may think I'm making this up, but she looked 20 years younger and she had gotten right. And she said to my mom later, the Lord is so near to me. I'm talking to him. Uh, my, the, my prayer life has changed because I've reconciled with someone that I had something against. You know, uh, Norman Grubb, who was a missionary to Rwanda in the 60s and 70s and, and was a part of a 20 year movement of revival in Rwanda, was asked one time why that revival sustained. And he said, Well, I can say it very simply. We keep the roof off and the walls down. The roof off and the walls down. Nothing between us and God and nothing between us and anybody else. And that's why we're experiencing the continuous presence of God. So are you right with those around you? I mean, right now, sitting in your car or in your home or wherever you are, is there anybody whose name is written on the ledger book of your heart because they've hurt you or did something that you didn't like and uh, you've kind of written them off or you have something against them. Go get it right. Don't do another thing. Go get it right. Pick up the phone and call them. Go see them and so that your prayers may not be hindered. Here's a, here's a ninth question. Uh, are you treating your mate with respect? And honor. God's very interested in this because your home is a picture of his home. Your, the body of your home is a picture of his body of his church. And this is why he says, particularly to husbands in 1 Peter 3, 7, uh, he says, wives, you be submissive and respectful and honoring your husband. And then he says, husbands, in the same way, with the same spirit, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a, someone weaker since she's a woman and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Now look at this. So that your prayers will not be hindered. So that your prayers will not be hindered. In other words, uh, God, one of his tools to keep us right with each other in our home is the prospect of our prayers not being hindered. I want to tell you something. If, if you had dishonored my wife, my bride, and uh, treated her badly, said things to her, and then you walked up to me like nothing had happened and said, Hey, by the way, Bill, can you help me out with something? I'd have a little problem with that. I'd want to say to you, well, I, I'd be glad to help. But first, there's something that's more important to me than that. Would you go and uh, make it right with my wife first? Right? So God loves his bride. And, and God loves the, the home. And he wants it to be right. And so he says, if you're not treating each other properly, one of the ways I'm going to get your attention is I'm going to cut off the communication If the communication, for instance, is cut off between you and your mate, it may mean that the communication between me and you is cut off until you go. And I'm trying to do this to push you to live with your wife with respect and honor. By the way, the next verse in that passage says, to sum it all up, let all of you be harmonious, be sympathetic, be brotherly, be kind-hearted, and be humble in spirit, not returning an evil for an evil or an insult for an insult, but blessing each other instead so your prayers will not be hindered. Here's number 10. Are you praying with a proud, unbroken heart? Jesus illustrated this so beautifully. He told a parable, and he said, two men went up into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and known for his religious practices and his prayers, frankly. And one was a tax collector who was, of course, despised among the Jewish people. Pharisee stood up and was praying this, and listen what it says, was praying this to himself. (laughs) In other words, he really wasn't praying to God, Jesus points out. But he said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, even like this tax collector, pointed him out. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. I'm praying right now. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven, was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself, will be exalted. You know, we talked last time about uh, are there any prayers that impress God? I think one of the prayers that impresses God is when somebody comes with a humble heart and says, help, just help. It's a simple prayer. Lord, I got nothing. And God says, okay, that's the kind of prayer that I hear because he, he said three times in the scriptures, it's repeated in, in James 4, 6 is the one we usually quote, uh, God resists, he stiff arms a proud man, but he will give grace to the humble. I mean, just think about how, how ridiculous it is to try to come into the Lord's presence with human pride. You, you, you're not seeing yourself. You can stand somewhere with pride, but you're not going to stand in God's presence with a proud Heart. And our first prayer should be, Lord, be merciful to me. Pride and a proud heart hinders prayer. And here's uh, hindrance number 11. Are you listening and gladly responding to God's word? There's a really sobering verse in Proverbs 28, 9. It says this, He who turns away his ear from listening to the law Even his prayer is an abomination. I I can hardly quote that without being stirred and convicted. I mean, what God is saying is, son, if you won't listen to me, you say, God, I don't want to hear what you have to say. So I'm not going to read your Bible. I'm not going to listen to preaching. I'm not going to listen to what you have to say to me. But I want you to listen to me. In prayer, that's a pretty, uh, pretty proud statement. Here's how another passage in Proverbs says this Proverbs: 123, "Turn to my reproof. When I speak to you, turn and, and listen to these promises, I will pour out my spirit upon you, and I will make my word known to you." I mean, there's not many things I want more than that to know what God is saying and to have his spirit poured out upon me. And here's how that happens. Listen to me. And when I listen, respond. The Bible's not just a collection of man's thoughts about God. It's God speaking, God communicating. And since prayer needs to be God-initiated to be effective, how can we pray prayers if we're unwilling to listen and respond to God's word? It's an arrogant thing. So... Let me ask you this question. What is God speaking to you about right now that you may be ignoring? You're, you're turning your ear away. You're not listening to him. It may be the source of what is hindering your prayers. Are you listening to and gladly responding to God's word? And here's the final hindrance. I'm sure there may be some more, but here's a very important one. Are you giving up in prayer? So many passages about it, this in scripture. Uh, Luke 18 is a great parable about the persistent widow. And he said uh, he was telling them a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. Just don't give up. You know, George Mueller, uh, that name, if you don't know it, you ought to study Mueller's life, Who Uh, fed and clothed over 10,000 orphans in his lifetime without ever mentioning a need to anyone but God because he wanted to show the world that God was a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. And when he died, he had thousands, tens of thousands of prayers recorded that God had answered. Uh, A man came and interviewed him right before his death, just a, a year or two before his death in his 90s, And Mueller told the man about two boyhood friends that he had prayed for their salvation for over 75 years. And the man said, well, I guess uh, it's not going to happen. And Mueller looked at the man and said, of course it's going to happen. God has told me it's going to happen. One of those men was saved at his funeral. The other man was saved six months after his death. Pray and don't faint. So when you're convinced that God has initiated a prayer and that it's something God wants you to labor in prayer, don't give up. Sometimes it's a matter of God's timing. Sometimes it's not happening the way you thought. Sometimes the answer wasn't what you wanted or you just got tired of praying or you wondered if God's listening. But the timing of God's answers must be left in the hands of God of a sovereign God who does all things right. (laughs) And we need to pray Hmm. and just not give up. And I think, uh, Kyle, as we think on these podcasts every week about just the cry in our hearts for revival and awakening in our nation, which has come every 30 to 60 years, and we're right at the 50-year mark from the last Great Awakening, we don't need to give up. Right. Just don't give up.
1: Man, I would really encourage all the listeners to even maybe re-list, re-listen to this, because mm-hmm. I bet you you got stopped at one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one, of, one of these hindrances hit home. Right. Hit home. I, in, in different seasons of my journey with the Lord and in my personal prayer life, there was different hindrances that I needed to hear about. Right. And I, I remember a season, just a testimony, uh, at first year of marriage. You know, that always goes well the yeah. first year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because we're pros at it. Yeah. Right? Or we think we are. Uh,
1: so I, somewhere in my uh, idiocy, I thought in that first year of marriage, cause I was 26, Kay was 20. Uh, I thought, you know, I can help her along. You know, I can really, I can, uh, she's got, she's, she's the best, but, you know, she's got some rough edges there. I can mm-hmm. sort of smooth them off for her. And mm-hmm. so we, we found ourselves in, often in conflict you know, and, and, and I was, I was trying to change her. Yeah. And so one morning I was with the Lord and, uh, and I decided to bring that into my prayer time mm-hmm. and I, I basically classed it up, but I was complaining about Katie. Mm-hmm. And I was telling a few things that I thought, you know, maybe if you'll help her, Yeah. you know, with this, that it would be good. And I've only had a few times in my life that I felt, uh, the Lord showed up, um, in a way that I, that i was genuinely terrified mm-hmm. but and and that was one of them mm. it's like the lord walked in and he said hey buddy you're you talking about my daughter wow and the lord the lord very clearly said hey this prayer time's over until you get this right yeah and uh, and he said i called you to love her not fix her mm. not fix her so boy i walked away went to my wife repented like hey I, there, I this is something wrong in me you know like i'm looking for things to try to and it it was a huge moment for our marriage early because right. i knew my job's to love her
0: well we're gonna let this be the testimony time for this <laughs> podcast because i want to add to that yeah so yours was in the first year yeah. of marriage Mine was in the 48th wow. year of marriage, recently. Wow. So recently, Holly and I, uh, we have a wonderful marriage, wow. and, and she is an incredible wife and mother and and spiritual mentor to so many ladies. But I got crosswise with her. Yeah. And we were entering a 21-day fast. Yeah. and And I... I don't know if I have had a time in the last decade when I was having more trouble praying. I just couldn't. I just couldn't seem to pray, right. and uh, I couldn't figure it out. Right. And uh, and I was upset with Holly, and I can't for the life of me I can't tell you why, but we had just gotten at odds about something, and it had been my fault, I'm sure. And um, I said, Lord, you have got to. Fix this problem, not into my marriage. My, mm-hmm. You got to fix this problem in my prayer life, right? Kyle, you know the story well. But a few days later, into that 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 fast, I picked up the phone to call my son, and I couldn't. The words wouldn't come out mm-hmm. right, and I I was having a stroke, mm-hmm. and I couldn't speak for uh, an hour and a half or so, yeah. and. And then I, that began to come back, and uh, I—they took me immediately to the hospital. And as I, they wheeled me into the CAT scan, I just began to pray. It just began to pour out, and I said, "Lord, you know my mouth is yours, mm-hmm. my brain is yours, mm-hmm. uh, my whole body is yours, my future is yours." I mean, when a when a preacher loses his ability to speak, <laughs> it's pretty serious. Yeah, gets your attention. Yeah. And uh, and and I said to the Lord in that in that cath scan tube, I said, Lord, uh, I've been talking for seventy years, and if that's all you want me to talk, that's fine. Right. And I'm telling you, Kyle, the Lord flooded that tube. Very few times I have known that level of the manifest presence wow. of God. It was it was unbelievable. So much so that I came out of that tube with tears in my eyes. And I know the nurse thought, well, he's scared to death. Right. And I was so yeah. peaceful and happy and joyful. And so a couple of days later, I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said, Bill, you were drifting away from unceasing prayer. Mm-hmm. And I want you to pray all day long. And I'm going to allow something yeah. in your life and even the residual effects of that stroke, which I've had a mm-hmm. few, uh, to keep you praying all day long. And also, Bill, I want to talk to you about something else. Yeah. And 1 Peter 3 wow. came instantly to my mind. You are not honoring your wife as a fellow heir of the grace of life. And, uh, and your prayers are hindered. Mm-hmm. And that next verse, and I took that verse and— Honestly, that's been months and months ago. I, I studied on that verse again this week. Yeah. To sum it all up, I want all of you, and listen to these five words, he says. I want you to be uh, gracious, uh, sympathetic. Yeah. I want you to be sympathetic yeah. to your mate's needs. I want you to be harmonious. Mm. That means, like Jesus prayed in John 17, just as I and the Father are one, I want my children to be one. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to be on the same page, mm-hmm. not that you think alike, mm-hmm. but you think in harmony. Well, mm-hmm. when you have a harmony, there's a melody and a harmony just accents mm-hmm. and and goes along beautifully with a melody. So we're going to be different, yeah, but it's going to it's going to be har- harmonious and brotherly, which means uh, that brotherly love, right. that you're her friend. Yeah, You and her are just friends. Right. And I've been praying, God, I, I want my wife to feel like I'm her best friend yeah. on the yeah. face of the earth, and uh, and them to be kind-hearted, hmm. and finally to be humble in spirit. Wow. And what a recipe. That's right. What a recipe yeah. for a great home. Right. And and I'm so grateful for my wife, and yeah. I'm so grateful for God just keeps teaching me. Sure. I right. mean, we're in our yeah. he, heading into our fiftieth year of marriage, and yet God's still, still plowing away. Well, it still matters. It, yeah, it still t- matters. It still
1: matters for His glory, for y'all's yeah. joy, and it matters in your prayer
0: life. Absolutely.
1: Like all these things, God's not a compartmentalized God. He's like He's a whole package. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So right. he's looking. It's all at one. He looks at you and goes, every part of you. Is, is matters to me and so i'm not gonna let that these hindrances are helpful to know yeah so we can go you know what that's not going to help me in my relationship and getting to god it's 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 a distraction at best in many ways or it's going to be destructive yeah you
0: know you know kyle several years ago i was sharing th- these 12 hindrances mm. with um with the people at Sherwood Church in Albany, Georgia, where Michael Catt was pastor, and now Paul Gotthard is a great pastor of that church. And uh, after the service, uh, one of the the pastors on staff came up to me, and he was in tears. And he opened his Bible back to to the blank pages at the back, and he had written these 12 hindrances. And he said, Bill, I know I've got to become a man of prayer. And it's my great pursuit in my life, but I find myself often hindered mm. in prayer, and I don't know why. Mm. And he said, now I know, wow I've, I've seen so as you were preaching, I just, oh yes, here and here and here. So I'm putting this checklist exactly right. in the back of my Bible mm. so that I can refer to it mm. over and over again and I, and I hope maybe some of our viewers can do that. Well, you same just think thing. God,
1: God put it in, in the word to be a lens. Right. That you could look into your prayer life and go, you know I'm struggling. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, is there and we anything all will. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the greatest intercessor we yeah. know has time so, for do I mean a work. Yeah. yeah, it's work. Yeah. So sometimes
1: it's just it's just work. Yeah. But but there's sometimes that there's something deep seated. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why you feel distant. Yeah. And so if you I do, I agree. I think the listeners should take these last two weeks and just write those things out. Put it in a, in your Bible wherever you spend time with the Lord, and yeah. in those days where it feels like it's dry, or even you know, your relationship with God's dark, yeah. you know, you go like, "Hey, God, anything here I need to see?" So we don't just want to talk about it though; we want, we'll pray, pray it. it. We want to pray about yeah. it. So I'm gonna kick us off, and I want to encourage you, our listener, to join us. Yeah. to really join us in this. Ask the Lord to show you some things, maybe in your prayer life that's a hindrance right now. Yeah. Lord, we love you, and I ask in Jesus' name you turn the light on. You would let us see through your word and through these biblical uh, hindrances to our prayer life what's going on in the inner man. And Lord, if there's any of these things that need, Lord, to be addressed and right repentance and uh, Lord, response and course correction. God, I pray that every Mm -hmm. one of us would see that as as the way to to living. God, it's not, not, man, that's not a bad thing. That's a Mm -hmm. beautiful thing that's going to get us close. It's going to help us, uh, Lord, remove any distractions, any hurdles uh, from really meeting with you. So, Lord, I pray for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to be able to see these things and then to do what is right with them, God. And it would be a breakthrough uh, mm-hmm. for many of us in our personal prayer line.
0: And, Lord, uh, we weren't planning it, uh, as you know, <laughs> but you were uh, to kind of settle down for a minute on this issue of living with our wives in an honorable, respectful way so that our prayers would not be hindered. But apparently, Lord, you wanted to say a little more about that. And I can't help but think that there's a reason for that, Mm -hmm. that someone listening today or whatever day uh, they hear this podcast, uh, this is the issue that is hurting their marriage, but it's that this is the issue that's hurting their marriage, but it's also hindering their communion with you. And Lord, nothing, nothing is more important than us being connected to you. So Lord, if that's the case, I pray for repentance today. Yes, I pray that uh, they would find themselves uh, turning over to 1 Peter 3, one and down through verse eight or 10 and reading and studying that passage and letting the Lord speak to them personally. And then if they need to make restitution with their mate, mm. maybe it's a wife with a husband or vice versa, they would go and and clear their conscience. Mm. And then a fresh new way of living together in harmony uh, and sympathy and brotherly love and Humility and kindness would come into their home and the effectual, fervent prayer that can accomplish much. Lord, you said that any person, uh, just like Elijah, who was a man just like us, who prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain, and then he prayed that it would rain and the sky poured forth rain. Mm -hmm. Or you told us that because you said anybody can pray effective fervent prayers and they'll accomplish it moves heaven it changes history lord and so i pray father that we would realize the great privilege we have of changing history of allowing you to do things that you've said you wouldn't do any other way unless we pray so lord i pray we take on that mantle that responsibility deeply and we would pray deeply in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, hey, again, I would really encourage you. Take some time and send this even now. I mean, mm-hmm. share it uh, wherever you're listening to it. Put it out there for somebody. Send it to somebody personal. So Send it to somebody you know. And say, hey, you know what? The Lord showed me some things in me, and maybe it would be a help to you mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, the Lord's Word works. Right. <laughs> and, and it changes lives and still will. And I'd encourage you again. We talked about this last week. Bill wrote a great book called Simply Prayer. And you can find that on OneCry website, on, uh, I think, Amazon. Amazon, yeah.
0: BillEliff.org.
1: BillEliff.org. And listen, it's awesome. And it'll be truly helpful and even unpack some more of these things and get you moving forward. So, as always, we appreciate your time, and we hope to see you
0: next week.